This week's episode is a call-in, so please excuse the audio. And a quick shout-out to our sponsors. All of our sponsors have the same discount code of SmokePit, so remember that when you go to buy your products. First one up is CombatComeOver.com. You can get fine pomades and beard oils for your hair and your face. You can keep those in your nut ruck from Arbor Arms, a tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. Available on ArborArms.com. And last but not least, Hollywood Powder Company. If you like to have fresh-smelling balls or if you like to have gym chalk when you work out, make sure you go to HollywoodPowderCo.com and get all their fine products that you can powder yourself off and be all kinds of smelly delicious. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. We have three fantastic guests today. Uh, we have, if if you're not following these guys on uh, every social media platform, then uh, correct yourself. But we have DD214 memes, disgruntled docs, and decelerate your life. Wah, wah, wah. What's up, fellas? Hey. Yo. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so um, we got uh, two Marines and uh, two Navy, which is just the way we like it. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. You know? Yeah. So if, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, so that way the, the listeners can kind of associate, you know, who you are with your voice. Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Disgruntled Docs, if you haven't recognized my voice. Apparently, I sound like TikTok boots also. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's up? Hey, this is uh, D214 Memes. You probably know me from my sweet singing voice on the Silver Bullet and the G-Watt Light album. <laughs> Over there causing mayhem for these commands. Oh, and- yeah. The the OG of being uh, a thorn in uh, commands buttholes. We got to celebrate your life here. Hey, what's up, uh, Sean? I don't think anybody really knows me. I try not to try not to be out there because I'm not fat. Well, I'm fat and I'm not pretty, so <laughs> try not to put my face out there too much. I mean, Mood. to to be fair, you have like sixty pounds more muscle than the average human being, so I I, I don't do, I don't hold that against you. Well, if you're gonna be fat, you gotta be strong, man. That's, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way life goes so um i recently posted a, a tiktok and you guys know I'm, I'm not very active on tiktok because I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to get turbo jacked before i start recording myself and i'm only like halfway there but uh, i posted this video of um uh, the this water in the barracks just being like looking like chocolate milk and just being disgusting as fuck like and it took um it, it it took me calling the the Pentagon to you know get that to get that fix for you know this one barracks, but between you know the four of us, we have really fucking blown some smoke up uh, the Pentagon skirt and got some real things changed. So like, if you could kind of like outline what you feel your um, some of your more positive contributions to the community have been. I, I think that everybody would like to hear that because it's one thing just to entertain and, you know, all the quality content that you guys put out, but it's another thing to like take your personal time to try to make life better for some 18 year olds that you'll probably never meet. So, uh, decelerate, I'll, I'll kick that over to you, Sean. Yeah, man. Um, first, just like the easiest stuff, try to answer everybody that comes into the, into the, uh, inbox with questions about joining and, and, uh, you know, hey, I'm 17 years old and I'm going to join the military. And it's, you, know, you kind of ask, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> I want to shoot stuff. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you, maybe you should think about that a little bit more before you join or just join the army. Um, but uh, another one was uh, last year, we had some suicides on the USS George H.W. Bush, which was my old ship. 
And uh, that kind of blew up. There was three in a week. And uh, I went on, it was uh, CBS News, NPR, uh, Task and Purpose, uh, New York Post, talking to a couple people from New York Times and stuff like that. Just trying to get, trying to get that stuff stopped, man. There's, there's no sense in uh, people just killing themselves. So that's, that's kind of my biggest goal. Yeah. And on top of that, you were, you were giving them hell on the Facebook um, uh, page and they actually like banned you from it. And then you went around and fucking uh, got them to come back and say that shit was a violation of the constitution because it's a government page and they had to unblock you like wild. Yep. Um, so it, right before that all happened, the Supreme court ruled that uh, um, official government pages aren't allowed to block you. I think, I think what happened was Trump commented on like Ilhan Omar's Twitter and she blocked him or one of those people, Rashida Tlaib and, and the Supreme court ruled that uh, government officials can't block you from anything. So that would, that was a big thing. Had a talk with uh, uh, Admiral about that and, and got it unblocked. And I try to let everybody know that, you know, that's a good way to get your message across. They can't block you. They can't delete your comments. It's just got to be out there. So yeah, and uh, DD two to fourteen memes. Uh, you're you're no stranger to controversy. So uh, uh, can you uh, summarize a little bit of, of what you've been doing for the listeners? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, man. I'd just be, I'd just be wilding sometimes. But uh, like right when the quarantine started, I was I was like trying to come up with a way to entertain the the guys that were like stuck in the barracks and and hating life and just break it up a little bit. So I did a. Uh, I hosted like a online hardest partying unit in the Marine Corps tournament where like all these guys get sent in like crazy stuff that they were doing, like their like crazy party videos from their units or whatever. And it basically ended with three, five and one, seven going head to head in the finals. And both of the units just had like these massive barracks parties the, the night of the final. And they were sending all this crazy video in and the, uh, the regimental XO of, of fifth reg, did, did not appreciate seeing his Marines on uh, Instagram, basically just drinking beers in the barracks and like jumping on beer pong tables. Like it wasn't anything like really that wild, but yeah, nothing to call so, the, uh, the, the cops over. Yeah. But yeah, he, he was going after guys uh, for that. And so then it kind of just naturally rolled into uh, me hosting like a, a worst chain of command in the Marine Corps tournament where I had no idea how, it was going to get as big as it did. But basically I was like, Hey, whatever your, whatever your chain of command is doing currently, like send that stuff in. We're going to make a list of like the, the big stuff that's going on at all these commands and kind of like put it out there. And it's in a format where the commands have no idea who's submitting this stuff. It's all anonymous. So it's not like they can go after people for, for talking up. And uh, so that brought a lot of stuff kind of similar to to what decelerate your life was saying about how like a lot of the the stuff with like suicides and uh when people were were trying to get help for this type of stuff they were all all that was happening was they were were getting burned or get told to fuck off and it just really brought to light like dozens of different uh instances of command authority misabuse and um them doing things uh that were outside of the UCMJ and like for personal gain, like people like higher ups making like Marines and shit, like wash their car and like dumb shit like that, you know? Absolutely. And a lot, and I mean, so uh, on the one hand, it was really, it was really frustrating to like see how widespread some of that stuff was, but at the same time, 
uh, it was, it was a really like useful way to, to kind of be like, okay, when I was, when I was a, like a 19 year old Lance Corporal, I didn't realize how much power I had. I didn't realize like what requesting mast was. I didn't realize like what filing an IG That's complaint was stuff like that. And so that was like an opportunity for me, like, Hey, look at all of you guys across the Marine Corps, West coast, East coast, Oki everywhere. You guys are putting up with this stuff. Like here's how you can request mass. And uh, if, if you're frustrated about all this stuff that's happening, if you're, you know, mom sitting at home, if you're a veteran that's pissed off about seeing this, here's how you write your Congressman and say, Hey, maybe you should take a look at this, uh, this unit. Cause this Lieutenant Colonel is, is doing some, some not so good stuff. Oh, for and sure. uh, so it kind of developed into like a, a way to, to give a lot of people in the community uh, access to resources to, to make some of this stuff um, a little bit more simple. Cause I mean, try yeah. like even trying to like as Lance Corporal, like once again, me as a 19 year old Lance Corporal trying to read through like the order for requesting mass. It's, it's like reading fucking Chinese. Yeah. And so, Having kind, someone kind to of a look. flex, by the way, because I don't think I hit Lance Corporal until I was like uh, almost 21, but I was a bit of a shitbird and I got NJP in Iraq. So, oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was that motivator JROTC kid. So I got that meritorious PFC in boot camp. That's oh, nice right there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, look at Doc, me now. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, you um, you're no stranger to calling people out. You're a. Uh, you know, talking about when the Navy does things to bring down morale and like, so, so what, what, what have you been doing to cause some mischief? Uh, it, it's been kind of a long road since uh, 2013, I guess, when we have kind of fire missions and that was kind of like a thing, but, you know, get as much actual information about commands or people specifically doing things that are like super jacked up or even one of the biggest ones was, uh, you know, like chiefs sleep, married chiefs sleeping with junior sailors and doing things like that sort, or even just nowadays where it's more of just, um, I followed in suit not too shortly after D214 put out his own tournament. And then we were doing the same thing, calling out a bunch of different commands. And it was, uh, we were going to do specifically more just the hospital side of it. But then I figured, you know what, let's get the more, more, uh, more people involved and more commands, but the amount of information that was coming in, same thing um, from just like the, the other two boys said, like, it's just, it's so much information and so much stuff that happens that it's just kind of jacked up that these officers chiefs are doing all these things to take care of their own personal careers or their political careers. And they're willing to sacrifice these young kids who had these huge goals and aspirations. And instead of just kind of helping them out where they actually needed, they'll burn, they'll burn them over the dumbest things instead of just kind of how it was when I guess you and me kind of came up. It's like, Hey, do you want pain or paperwork where, you know, <laughs> pain is momentary and yeah. then it doesn't put a blemish on your career. And they wonder why all these kids are getting out, you know, they hate their lives, the constant suicide. And then not just that commands that were 29 Palms hospital. I'm going to put it out there. They were the ones kind of sweeping a good amount of information of uh, people attempting suicide or even yeah. sadly committing suicide. And they were sweeping it under just so the command wouldn't look bad. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of that. No joke. We, um, we, we had a dude out there who, uh, got hurt in the barracks like you know they were playing uh, grab ass on field day and mm -hmm. these kids were chasing each other around and one of them slipped and um and, and he got his head caught in a door jam and it almost tore his ear off 
And so there he is in the, in the hospital in 29 Palms on the operating table. And the first sergeant shows up and he comes into the operating room and he's like locking this kid on. He's like, fucking get a parade rest. And he's fucking knife handing him. And the <laughs> surgeons are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get out of here. Like, and he's like, you know, oh, that's I first sergeant or some shit. It's like, dude, like, get out of here. Like, your your rank doesn't, like, give you authority to come into an operating room. Like, get the fuck out of here. Especially so, in a medical space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's a lot of stuff that we, we kind of do is, like, a lot of the, the guys that follow all of our pages are, are generally, like, the, the junior enlisted or, like, the lower-ranking NCOs, like the corporals and – a lot of these guys they don't they don't know that they have like any power to do anything about stuff like that and so it's kind of like what we're we're trying to do is like get that information simplify it into a format that like is going to be receivable by them and then hopefully they can use that to their to their own advantage in the future because like they do have more power than they realize they do have more rights than they realize but the like we all know the military world is so different from the civilian world to where like you think that this is just how it is and there's nothing you can do about it when you're a, a dumbass like 19 year old e2 you just gotta suck it up or whatever until until it gets too much but that's not the case yeah so um what, what i'd like to ask now is if you could kind of change one thing like say you had the ability to do like an executive order or like a uh, a command letter or something to change one thing in in the military what would that be and uh sean uh decelerate i'll kick that over to you first yeah, I would I would probably make uh, mental health for the military a, a civilian thing because I think a lot of times in the military when when you go uh, to medical and you say like hey my head's my head's kind of fucked up right now or, or some shit's going on ninety percent of the time people think that you're just trying to get out of work and uh, think uh, there are people that are like that but uh, if there was a, a civilian person you could go to talk to about that. That might make it uh, a little bit better for mental health and maybe cut back on the on the suicides, cut back on the AWOL, uh, just cut back on the on the overall pieces of shit that are in the military. And uh, not not saying everybody's a piece of shit that has mental health problems, but uh, if you had someone you could talk to about your problems instead of just being told that you're trying to get out of it, uh, I think that's what I would do. Kind of branch that off the military. Makes sense. Um, Doc, what, what would you do? Well, that was going to be something in a, a, a mind closer, something like that. But I think refocusing back actually on the things that are actually important, like, you know, functionality and like an actual mission, because I think that's what's been missing, where instead they're focusing on all these other PC type programs to try to appease whatever's happening in the world. So I think if we go back to that standard of actual, you know, war fighting dogma or something like that close to where it's like, hey, this is our mission, this is what we're doing and maintain a standard, it'll, I think it'll motivate people a little bit more to kind of have that that drive to kind of be better, you know, since uh, Decelerator already took that good mental health portion, you know, that's another thing as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so DD214, uh, what, uh, what would you change? Um, something I've thought about is, I mean, there's there's like no way around it. Like we're for the, the majority of the military right now, we've been in, in peacetime for a good, like five, eight, 10 years now. And we still have these, like, I absolutely agree. We need to have units that are, are ready to go when, when something pops off, but there's been such a, uh, 
like a massive focus on crazy op tempos and stuff like that when we should I, in my opinion i think if we could use the the peacetime lull to our advantage we could be doing stuff like fixing those those barracks that are spewing out brown water and mm-hmm. fix the chow hall that's i mean we got like these guys on rom unit after unit that are sending like in pictures of like their incredibly subpar chow where it's either nutritionally just underwhelming or like with the incident with uh one two a while back where they're, they're getting sold like or sent like two-year-old expired moldy sandwiches like we could be using the time we have now where there's nothing really going on to to put our our budget and effort and resources into fixing all that sort of thing as far as like the barracks the chow equipment that maybe isn't like field gear and and kind of renovate that sort of thing to where when stuff does pop off obviously all the focus is going to be going towards the those operations the the stuff like the barracks is going to be an afterthought so that stuff definitely isn't going to get fixed then we have the time and the the opportunity now too so i think that would be a, a really good thing to focus on yeah i um i think that if if i could choose anything it would probably be to separate the uh, sexual assault and harassment reporting to like mm-hmm. a third party agency that's outside of the chain of command Oh, absolutely. Um, like, I yeah. understand it would be super expensive to make, like, get, like, a civilian agency to do that. Uh, there, You know, there are already a lot of civilian agencies out there that do that for, like, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. But then at, at the same time, like, I, I understand that that would be a difficult thing to do. But in the meantime, at the very least, it should be, like, somebody who's not even from that chain of command who is the person who is responsible for that. Uh, preferably like a civilian who's like very qualified and kind of holds that office. But yeah, definitely. I, I do not think that, you know, the, a person who is uh, assaulted or harassed should have to go to somebody who is among the same pay grade or, you know, in the same, um, you know, the same good old boys club with you know, whoever uh, assaulted them. Hey Dan, Absolutely. I for you, while, while you're on that topic, how long do you think it would take a civilian to get desensitized to all the, all the shit that gets reported like that? Uh, very quickly, um, I I know people who do like forensic psychology at prisons and and stuff like that, and uh, it 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 goes very quickly. Where you know you you kind of you kind of show up, open eyes, and if it's somebody who's been doing it for a while, they may be a little bit more conditioned. But if it's somebody who is maybe new to the game, because uh, you know you got to start somewhere, they um, I I think that they would become very jaded very quickly, and more so by the fact that there are instances where people are being falsely accused. There are instances where people um, are going out of their way to try to use the system to their advantage. And I don't post GoFundMe links anymore, unless it's from like a direct, a close personal uh, friend or family member, because in my uh, attempts to verify things, I flat out straight up found people who have gotten money for uh, fraudulent reasons. And so every time that you bring up an instance where something was false, regardless if it's sexual harassment or GoFundMe or anything else, mental health, you know, anytime that you bring up something that's false, it discredits the next five to 10 people who report. And I think that just nationwide, the, the penalty for bringing against false accusations should be higher because that would dissuade people from that, but then also make the availability for the people who have legitimate issues uh, make that easier and more trustworthy. Because I, I mean, let's be honest, we've lost trust and confidence as far as it comes to 
bringing issues to our chain of command, whether it be moldy food or being harassed or assaulted or suicides. Like we, we can't trust our chain of commands. Like no, no, nobody believes that anymore. So I think that if you kind of took a hard stance and you said, okay, look, if you come with some bullshit, you're going to get fried. But if you come with some real shit, like we're going to help you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's just a, a whole like, different mountain that's like to, to tackle that you're going to need uh like with with the sexual assault is just so complicated because of it's not like you can enact some sort of uh regulation or legislation that's going to fix it no matter how how airtight it is because our culture has to change completely regarding the whole issue mm-hmm. and regardless of what whatever you want to enact it's still going to take a lot of time for the culture to change the, like the mindset of the, the everyday, like E1 or E2, that, that mindset is going to take time. And the best, I think the best way to do that is by uh, targeting the people that are in charge of those new guys coming in and, and making sure that they have like the right type of the right type of attitude. Like you said, kind of where we, we go after the people who, if you're going to come with some bullshit, like, you're going to get slapped down pretty hard. But if you're coming yeah. with some real shit, you're going to get taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And and we're not going to just be like, oh, that sucks. Like deal with it. We're going to, we're going to handle the problem. And you know, if you're, if you're that fucking sergeant who runs like a two minute mile and you have all your <laughs> MCIs done and you're getting meritoriously promoted and, and you sexually assault someone like, no, we don't care. We're, we're, we're going to get fucked. Prosecute yeah. you just like we're going to prosecute anyone else. And the fact that, that usually isn't the case. Like that's really what's got to change. Cause I know that was one of the biggest things when I started this page is like when I was in, I was in a, in a combat arms MOS, I maybe interacted with females like less than less than five times probably as doing like out in the field or anything like that. And it was like, maybe there's one female radio operator with the, the infantry unit that I'm working with for a week out in the field or something like that. I had absolutely like no experience with with females in the military when i was in and so i like i just had no understanding of of like anything regarding their experience yeah and then start starting running this page the amount of the the amount of women that have uh like talked to me about different stuff they've dealt with it's like it's eye-opening to like how totally insane like life for them in the military is yeah because i um and I, I totally agree with you there. I, I didn't have uh, a whole lot of uh, interaction, but then when I started, you know, the page, I, I kind of made it a, a point that I wanted my page to be a certain way where like, yeah, I'm going to roast people, but it's never going to be like how some of those Facebook pages were back in, you know, like 2007, 2008, where it's just like, <laughs> oh, look at this, you know, um, this person and just fuck them for existing. And, and so I, I try to make my humor like, uh, not like super PG or anything, but it's never spiteful, you know, like I never try to like go after anybody unless they like really deserve it. Like a, like a shitty chain of command or like, you know, somebody who's committed some sort of egregious crime. A lot of people who are either uh, predators or serial killers or whatever have you, a lot of that shit starts forming before they even join the military. And we don't do a good job of weeding out people who are just 
of poor character, especially when we had the surge in like 07, then again in like 2010 and 11 when they bumped up recruiting again. And so many people made it past the gates that were just shitty people. And all it takes is one person out of 100 to make life miserable for a handful of people, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's kind of, that's another thing that, as someone who just did four years and, and got out as soon as I could, I never talked to like, I never had any, obviously I never had any experience as a, as a recruiter. And I kind of just had that mindset of like, Oh, those guys are, are just like nerds that are lying to kids. Cause the, that's their job. But then since <laughs> starting the page and talking to a lot of these guys, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it's another very complex issue where it's not really on the recruiters, a lot of these guys are that I've spoken to. A lot of these guys and girls, they just want to. Uh, they're just trying to do their their twenty years. Yeah, they're and, just trying to do their make their mission. You know, make yeah. quota. But the the big problem is a lot of these a lot of the the stuff that's coming from the recruiting commands is like insane mission objectives that are just getting like jammed down their throats, and it's. It's like you don't have to be on recruiting to know that recruiters don't get a whole lot of time at home with their families. They don't get a whole lot of time for free time. And that like you do that for three years, like every single day, like it it fries you to the point where you're like, I don't care if I'm lying to this kid. I I just want to go home and like be able to have dinner with my kids and wife before like, you know my my kids are already in bed and my wife is talking to some dude on tinder because she hasn't seen me in a week <laughs> and and so it's like yep the the recruiters might be the ones that are like yeah that they're they're getting these kids to believe this this magical uh fantasy world that that they're selling but like put yourself in their shoes at the same time like it's it's not really like they're the ones that are trying to drive this thing home it's really the people that are in charge and some of the people that are in charge in the the marine corps recruiting command way up top are like they're not getting a whole lot of attention but yeah and so um sean what what do you think about that because i i don't know a whole lot about uh like the navy side of recruiting like do you think they're doing a good job or do you think they're kind of in line with like the marine corps recruiters where uh they're just being given unrealistic goals and not enough uh, tools to accomplish Um, I think it's just a numbers game, man. Uh, I met uh, a lot of just idiots in the military, but (laughs) (laughs) I met some of the smartest people I'd ever, I've ever known, you know, I, not a lot of them were, were officers. So there's a lot of people out there without college degrees that are really smart. And I think the smartest ones use the military as a, as a springboard, but man, there's some, there's some goobers out there. It seems like there's, there's been a big, um, push in the the media to to label some of these dudes serial killers over over there that served um i just saw one today i can't remember his name but then you see uh eddie gallagher and uh other people like that and um i i i feel like you put so many people through the gates to boot camp that you know you're bound to have some pieces of work like that but um I, I, to me, there needs to be more of a, of a, yeah, I, I say more of a mental health check to get people in, but at the same time, you know, you got to have people that mop floors. You got to have people that uh, push papers. You got to have people that carry rifles. You got to have people that turn valves. You got to have uh, 
all these people, you, you know, you got to have, well, I can't remember what the military is million and a half, 2 million, 2 million and a half people. And, uh, you know, not everybody's going to be a winner. Not everybody's going to be a loser, but, um, no, I get that completely because it's like, you have those guys that get processed out for whatever reason. And whenever they go get it to go get a job, you know what they're putting on their resume, you know, United States Navy, United States Air Force, whatever the case is. And then, you know, they're just as shitty at that job as they were in the military. And then when they get fired, that manager is just like, Oh, fuck that. I thought veterans were supposed to be squared away. Yeah. And yeah. so I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll never, I'll never hire yeah. another one. Uh, so although we have beat up on our respective branches a little bit, I'd, I'd like to kind of <laughs> close it out with, uh, you know, what, what do you think is kind of like the, 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 the center of gravity? Cause like, you know, for Marines, when we're doing our orders, you have the enemy's, uh, uh, critical vulnerability in their center of gravity and you seek to avoid center of gravity and exploit um, critical vulnerability, you know, surfaces and gaps. So uh, I'll I'll pose this question to all of you in in order and we'll start with Doc. Like, what is it about your branch, your job, maybe the military in general, that you believe that there's still hope for the military, that it's still a worthwhile organization? Like if somebody were to ask you, hey, should I join the military? Like what, what, what fondness do you look upon it with? For me, working in the medical field, that that has been an eye opener in both good and bad. But honestly, for me, just helping people out in general is what what makes my day. Just even the small experience in Afghanistan or in Iraq, helping out um, any casualty, and even with uh, Iraqis, they were always so grateful to be seeing Americans because they would always be like, "Hey, you know what? I know I'm gonna live if they're treating me." So even just that in and of itself tells me is that people are grateful for the things that we do, even if it's something so simple as you're taking vitals, you're pushing an IV, and, or you're, you're just grabbing blood from this dude to make sure that you're pushing the right blood products. So those little things are, have always been really amazing. And to me, they keep me going. And then being able to teach others as well has been like a huge thing since, uh, you know, Corman, we teach the combat lifesaver, teachable C things of that sort. And just seeing people hungry for more education on the medical aspect of that, that for me has definitely been like my shining light that kind of keeps me going. Right on. Um, DD214, what you got? Uh, I mean, like, I think a lot of people will look at my like page and what I do at face value and be like, Oh, all he's doing is saying like, fuck the Marine Corps and this and that. But like, really I'm like, I'm, I'm with all of it. And the the good and the bad and there's there's plenty of of good stuff that's still going on there's plenty of leaders who really actually do give a give a shit about their people and will go above and beyond uh some of the people i've interacted with like like battalions like i talk to battalion sergeant majors that are are currently active i talk to officers i talk to like tons of people who i've i've had uh like unit froze interact with me and some of these people are, are really, really solid people that really, really do give a shit about their people. And uh, maybe like every, everyone's experience is, is subjective. Some, some units and some commands are miserable and they're terrible. And you like, maybe you just hate your life for, for three or four years and some aren't that bad. And it's, it's being able to see some of the commands that really really do care about what's going on or maybe a, a battalion sergeant major and a lieutenant colonel come into a, a unit that's been just getting its its dick kicked in by the last chain of command and they they're like no nah, this ain't right and when they start fixing it it's the things like that where 
it's it's not all bad there's there's still and it's not just onesies and twosies there's there's still a decent amount of of people out there that yeah. are really about the community about their people that that does give me hope right on uh sean uh what you got yeah so um for me like the the best part about being in the navy you know down in the engine room you know, life fucking sucked every day but uh when you get out, life is better. And I, everybody that comes to my page and asks me, like, hey, man, uh, I want to join. What should I do? I always ask them, do you want to do 20 or do you want to do something when you get out? You know, That's, that's, that's a good question because I usually say, look, dude, I don't have time to figure out all your hopes and your dreams. Like, have you even taken the ASVAP? And they're like, no, I'm 15. I'm like, all right, well, don't fucking message me for two years. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. Come back. I'll be here. I, yeah, I'll be here in two years. I promise. <laughs> So, so I, I ask everybody, you know, like, what's your, what's your main goal? And either they can tell me or they can't tell me if you can't tell me your goal, join the military, do 20, pick a cake job. You know, I don't want to shit on anybody's job, but pick a cake job, something that'll get you to retirement and get you that, that $3,500 a month check, whatever. But if you have a goal, if you want to work in a, if you want to work in a power plant, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be a, I, I don't know, uh, disgruntled docs. Like if people ask you if they want to be a, a nurse or something, you know, find your job mm. that you want to do when you get out, pick a job when you go in. And I found that, uh, when I got out, people didn't even ask questions. They didn't ask, you know, like, Oh, what did you do in the Navy that qualifies you for this job? They just see military on, on your resume. And, you know, I, I got plenty of job, uh, offers just off that. So that, that's my biggest thing is, is you get paid, uh, to get experience at the same time that you're, you're doing dumbass hood rat shit in other countries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should I, I've, I've gotten drunk on four different continents and, uh, Love it. you know, now that I'm an adult and not a, a dumbass kid anymore, you know, I got my grown up job and, and I can drink a little bit nicer scotch. Uh, a little bit nicer whiskey and enjoy my job, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a military for me. was kind of like a cheat code into a, a big boy job where I didn't have to go to college and waste that money. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I love to love to see it, man. I, uh, I think it is kind of cool. Cause I, I've been doing pop smoke for near six years now and there's been times where I've, I've talked to somebody when they were, you know, 16 or 17, and then I'll get a message from them four years later when they're getting uh, their DD-214 or after they've graduated boot camp. And that to me has been the best thing about the military is the camaraderie. And so when you come across a shipbird or, you know, somebody who betrays that confidence, it sucks and it hurts deeper than it would be if it was just, you know, some average person you met at the, uh, the grocery store that you just happen to become friends with or the bar or whatever. And, but at the same time, it's super cool to like talk to this kid and he's like, Oh, so excited to be a Marine. And then six months later, I get a message with a picture of him, you know, in his dress blues at Paris Island. And I just get so proud of that because it is a legacy that, that you pass down. I would, uh, would always kind of like hold that standard to myself. Like uh, here I am on a hike or a run and I'm, I'm falling out or I'm, I'm starting to get really, uh, really, really tired. And I would kind of think to myself, like, you know, well, how do, how do the Marines in Iwo Jima or the Marines in Chosen, like, you know, how, how did they push through that? You know, how did they get through this? And I kind of like call upon that strength that, that they exhibited 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. 
and various engagements. And that always kind of like fueled my soul and my passion. And now that my last combat deployment was 10 years ago, and here I am just writing news articles and doing podcasts and making memes and stuff, I kind of feel like I left a legacy as far as what I did with my service. But now I'm trying to leave a legacy for what I've done for the military and for the community after I've left. Because, you know, unless you, you know, walk out with like a, a Medal of Honor hanging around your neck, there, there's not exactly a whole lot that you can just rest on your military career for. Like you still have to work. You still have to show up. You still have to get better at your job. You still have to be proficient. You still have to contribute. You still have to make money and, you know, provide for your family. So you know, just serving in the military is not the end all be all. Even if you do 20 years, you're going to be 38 to 42 when you get out officer or enlisted. And, mm. and so like the people have like that, like Sean was saying that short sightedness of like, Oh, I just want to get in the military and that's all I want. And it's like, well, it, there's more than that. Even if you do 20 years, you'll still be 38, maybe 40 when you get out and you still have a whole life ahead of you. And Additionally to that, I'll, I'll get messages from people. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll do anything to serve, but I have a, a heart palpitation. And so it disqualified me. And they're like, what can I do to serve? And I'm like, brother, man, like, if you really want to serve that bad, and they're like, yeah, I'll do anything. I was like, learn Farsi, go work for the CIA, uh, mm -hmm. go, go be a paramedic, um, go volunteer at a local soup kitchen. Like there's more to service than just sweeping the motor pool or, you know, swabbing the deck. I, I promise you, like if you learn Farsi or if you learn Russian, like you will get snatched up and, you know, you, you'll be able to work with some three letter agency and contribute to the overall safety of your country. And so it I, I don't think that military service is the end all be all as far as like being uh, a good person or contrib con contributing to society. But there are other ways to um, to, to do that. So if you. Uh, real quick, just like two or three sentences, if you could give any advice to a younger version of yourself before they joined, uh, what would you say, uh, Doc? Uh, make uh, better choices, especially when it comes to uh, studying and especially for uh, opportunities for more qualifications. Because in the Corman community, you can do a whole lot more things, uh, especially when it comes to getting certifications. So that would be one of the first ones is doing a little bit more smarter things like that and getting qualified and getting certifications and stuff. Right on, Sean. If you're going in, know what your plan is. Know what you want to do when you get out. Don't join. Um, don't join just to get out. Know what you want to do and work towards that goal. Get quals. Make the military pay to make you better. I love it. And last but not least. Um, I mean, kind of going along what you kind of went into is when you have these, like I was, I was exactly like the kid you're talking about where you're like, I was just like, I cannot wait to get into the Marine Corps. I'm so motivated about this and everything, but I really didn't have a clear objective as far as like what my long-term goals were like, just to settle, like figure out what you want to do long-term because if you, if your only focus is on like just getting to boot camp as fast as possible and being Marine, the recruiters are going to exploit that. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be that open contract. You're going to be the kid that signs a contract you don't want. And if you, if you take the like 10 seconds to like sit down and think to yourself, what do I actually want for my life? And then develop some sort of plan or talk to someone who has gone that route and get some tips from them about how do I do this? It's, it's going to make your life a lot easier. Cause if, if your only objective is, Oh, I just want to be, in the military tomorrow 
yeah, you can graduate boot camp in three months and you can be really proud of yourself. And then six to eight what months next? later, you're going to be scrubbing rust off the side of a, a, a Navy ship or doing <laughs> some job that like you hate every single day. And you're like, well, I'm a Marine, but like, I hate At my what job. Cost? Yeah, exactly. Like there's so, many good, there's so many good opportunities like in the military. Like I'm not, I'm not dogging on anyone's interest to join the military, but like some of these people are just so in a rush to like, just, just go do it that they don't like take an opportunity to be like, okay, what, what could I do in the military and yeah. really in life in general? So, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so make sure you follow these guys. We got DD214 memes. Uh, he's also got a, a, a blossoming music career. So you can check out his music on iTunes and stuff. We got Decelerate Your Life. Uh, he also makes fantastic um, um, like uh, leather craft and wallets and stuff. Seaworthy leather. You got uh, Disgruntled Docs. He's also got a podcast you could check out. So make sure you, you hook these guys up with, uh, with a like and a follow. Subscribe. Maybe, uh, m- maybe buy some uh, family gifts. Well, whatever the case have you, but thank you gentlemen so much for the time and coming out here and being real with, um, uh, with, with your answers and not giving me some like PC can bullshit, you know, like, uh, we see so much in the, uh, the higher rankings. And I, I really feel like, uh, just seeing what you guys have accomplished that inspires me to like, keep on going. But I also hope that's an inspiration to whatever 19 year old PFC is, uh, or, you know, um, Seaman Apprentice is listening to this show and to know that you don't have to just stand on the bulkhead and just watch everything happen. If you want to uh, organize a charity run or if you want to put something together, or if you see something that's wrong and you know it in your gut that it's wrong, you can say something, you can take action. You don't have to just be a passive observer. You have a shadow like the light from the sun traveled all that fucking distance just to be deprived of its destination by you. You have the ability to change the world for the better. And all three of these gentlemen are a perfect example of that. So uh, with that, fair winds following seas, and we'll see you next time in the smoke pit.